Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Welcome to another members episode. We have David coming on the show today, and David contacted us about this wild night he had in the Mississippi swamp. He goes out there hunting coyotes, and he found something else other than coyotes, and he was stalked through the Mississippi swamp, him and his buddy, and he comes on today to talk about all of it and how it might have even followed him home because a lot of weird things started happening at the house, which was only about two miles from the encounter location, and he gets into it today. So let's get to David and his Mississippi swamp stalker right now. All right, today we got David, Sir David on the show. David, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, Tom? I'm doing good, man. So uh, thanks for bearing with the technical difficulties there. Holy cow. I, like literally, I uh, we both, you know, we, like you went to go find headphones and I went upstairs to change real quick and I come back down and my microphone's not working. I'm like, what the heck, you know? So uh, it, it seems like the technical glitches are are uh, prevalent today, and uh, hopefully we can get through this conversation in one piece. Uh, you emailed us, and very interested in hearing about these experiences. Uh, you you said in the email that you were chased, stalked, hunted uh, in a swamp with a friend for four to six hours, or five to six hours. Uh, and that's correct. Yeah, you you and I were just talking about how you're from Mississippi, so I'm assuming it's from this happened in Mississippi. Uh, yes, it did. 
I'm very interested in hearing about this. But then you said that the haunted house where you had possible interactions with cryptids also happened in this area. It's kind of intertwined. So uh, I'm just going to let you kind of take it away for us and share with us how all this unfolded in your life. Uh, I guess my basic question to to get you rolling on this was um, before any of this stuff happened, what were your thoughts on hauntings and cryptids and things like that? Like, did you have a gauge as to what was happening to you when you were being stalked? Uh, not while we was being stalked, uh, because the mindset was totally different. But um, I had always, I believe there was a possibility of a Bigfoot, because, you know, that's what we always heard of. Um, anything outside of that, you know, werewolves, blah, 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 whatever. Not real sure because that was Hollywood, you know? Um, but as far as this night, it started off, we thought it was actually somebody. We thought it was a person or people. And that was our mindset until it just got so weird that we just had to, uh, you know, pop smoke and try to get out of there, you know? Uh, it's so, yeah, I, I, I believed in possibility of cryptids, but that didn't even enter our mind at, at, at that night, at that time, you know, at the beginning. Okay. So, uh, take us back to 95. Uh, what were you doing in the swamp and, uh, how did all this kind of come to come about for you? Okay. Uh, well, in, uh, February of 1995, I had, uh, just gotten out of the Marine Corps. Uh, I got out right before Christmas of 94, uh, just hanging out and hadn't been able to find a job yet. So my buddy, I talked him into trying to go coyote hunting. And uh, of course we do that at night. And, uh, we wanted to wait till after deer season because if you hunt at night, you know, it disrupts all the hunters, the deer get nervous and stuff like that. So just out of courtesy, we was going to hunt after season. And, um, he had this strange, uh, kind of like a split shift job where he was a counselor at a, at a, um, like a, a drug rehab place for, uh, youth, uh, you know, children, minors. And, um, so he worked like a 12 to 10 shift, 12 noon to 10 at night. So my job was to get everything together have it all ready he's going to get off come home change clothes and we're going to go out uh coyote hunting so um i had everything together i just that week bought a new uh coyote call it, it was not a mechanical call it was a a um mouth call <laughs> and i had been practicing and, and thought i was good to go with it so we get out there and, and mind you this is like I said, February, and that day was probably in the mid-40s, but that night it got down to, I think, like high 20s, and a uh, big, bright, beautiful moon, not a cloud in the sky, wind was perfectly still, so it was a great night to be coyote hunting, and uh, coyote hunting at night is not illegal, as long as you use a rimfire rifle or bird shot and a shotgun. <clears throat> uh, reason for that, you know, people out hunting deer at night, they'll say, oh, I was just coyote hunting. Uh, negative there, guy. Okay. 
But uh, what we would do is we would call the game warden. My cousin was a game warden. I knew several of the others. I'd say, look, this is where we're going. This is what we're using. And if anybody calls, we're just coyote hunting. You can come by and check us out if you want to. And that's how we always did it. I used a uh, Colt AR-15 with a uh, AN-PVS-4 Starlight scope on it. And uh, my buddy, he was using my Mossberg 590 12-gauge with uh, double alt and number four buck. <clears throat> so needless to say, we weren't using legal firearms, but, you know, we check it off with them before we go. And... Uh, we got out there probably around 11 o'clock, and the area we were hunting, it was uh, it's called Bywai Bottom. I mean, it's the Bywai Canal, and it drained, you know, it was dug to drain farmland, so it could be farmed years ago. But it would run parallel to the Big Black River for, I don't know, 40, 40 miles until they merged together. and. Um, in that area between those rivers or between those waterways and just south of the canal has always been spooky to say the least. But uh, come to find out after this has a lot of things that's happened in those areas. But we got down there and the road that cuts off that goes down to the bottom. And they had recently been doing some uh, uh, clear cut. So there was a, a cutover on the right side of the road and a cutover on the left, and the road goes on down into the bottom to where the uh, canal was, or still is, and to the right side in that clear cut, beyond the clear cut, was a swamp. Now, people in this part of Mississippi call it a swamp. Uh, the folks of Louisiana would laugh at you, but... Uh, we call it a swamp. It's a slough is what it is. It's the old creek run and the backwater because beavers will build dams and back up some water. But um, when we come down that hill, we parked the vehicle on another road and walked about a mile in there so the smell of the vehicle wouldn't give us any problems. And we, we come in and we decided to, to set up at a, uh, a loading area where they load the logs to haul them off and there was a large pile of logs they had left behind probably coal trees or just trees that they couldn't market wouldn't take and it was probably give us about a 10 or 12 foot advantage so we got up on top of that and you could see that entire um bottom down through there where it was clear cut the moon was bright you could see across the road uh to the left and that clear cut all the way to the trees over there. So we got up there and we sat down. We looked around a little bit, got quiet, you know, just to let everything settle down before we actually started trying to call in any coyotes. And um, I turned on my starlight scope and I scanned everything. And <sighs> it was clear as day with a green tint. I mean, it, it just looked like he was wearing green shaded sunglasses almost. And, um, cold but no wind we sat there probably about 30 minutes thought everything was settled down <laughs> so Derek tells me to uh says all right give it a shot you know hit the howler and we'll see if we can locate some coyotes and get an answer so I got ready and I 
hammered down on that thing. And as embarrassing as it is, that was the god awful sound you'd ever heard in your life. And it sounded nothing like a Cody. But um, I, and it's hard to even explain to try to describe it. It was like a a shrill or shriek and a howl and all wound up into one. And uh, I just kind of dropped my head in shame. And Derek looks at me as like, you know, if there's any coyotes here at all, they're not now. And um, I was just about to answer him. And all of a sudden, the exact same sound that I made with that thing come from across the road and across that other cutover in that tree line. And, and it sounded like it would have been a lot louder than what I made. And I, I look over there, and and Derek looks over there, and the first thought in our head was other coyote hunters making fun of me <laughs> with their call. And uh, we, we was about to get a little PO'd, then all of a sudden, I don't know, two or three seconds after that, you you heard something or somebody moving straight toward us, bipedal, obvious, you know, somebody walking but with a purpose straight toward us. And um, I said, dang, that's the game warden, I bet. He said, well, that's fine. We're okay. You know, you called him. I said, no, I forgot. <laughs> I said, I forgot to call him. And, you know, we're using the wrong guns, and I don't want my guns taken away. So um, let's get off of this doggone thing and get down behind it and kind of, you know, hide. And uh, we got down. I said, let's move around. I'm going to hit the starlight and see if I can find them. And I hit it, and I don't see anything. I see everything but what's coming toward us. But they're not trying to creep around, not trying to be shy about it. They, It's coming with a purpose. I'm like, dude, he's coming right at us. So I tell him, I says, uh, let's shoot right down this hill here for about 50 meters. We'll go down there. We'll get down, we'll get quiet, and maybe they'll walk right past us, you know, can't find us in the dark. So we do that, we get down there, and once we get still and get down, we couldn't hear anything move. And um, we're just sitting there for a minute, then all of a sudden we hear it again, but it's like it's changed directions just enough to still be coming straight at us. Like, heck with this, they must have some kind of night vision. I said, all right. Let's skirt the, the base of the hill. Let's go all the way back around about 80 or 90 meters and get set down over there and go from there. And I said, I tell you what, let's get in a position where I can see the road and we'll see them cross the road. He said, all right, good idea. So we go over there. We make our way over there as quietly as we can in the dark. And uh, we get down. I hit the starlight. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. He said, I, you know, I tell him he's got to cross the road here in a minute. And, and best we could tell, it was just one, one person. And uh, which should have been a red flag. Game wardens never, you know, set out at night with just one person. Um, So I set up, I said, all right, I got one blind spot. Other than that, I can see the entire road, the length of the cutover. I said, all right. So we're sitting, we're sitting, we're sitting. All of a sudden, we hear it walking in the gravel where it's crossing the road. I'm like, dude, he must be in that blind spot. I said, this joker's good. He knows what he's doing. 
I said, all right, um, beginning to panic a little bit because, like I said, he's kind of between us and our truck. I don't want to get caught. He don't want to get caught. I said, uh, all right, there was a wadi right behind us, which is a washed out area. And uh, you can travel it because there's no debris in the bottom of it. I says, let's go down this wadi. Uh, we'll take it all the way to the edge of the swamp. And if, you know, we can move as quietly and quick as we can. And when we get there, if he's still chasing us, we'll take him in the swamp. We'll lose him in the swamp. I said, I, I know the deep holes. I know the, you know, I know the area. It'll be cold, but we can lose them. They'll, they'll have to be dedicated to, to chase us. And uh, he says, sounds good. Let's do it. So we moved down that wadi all the way to the edge. It was just, I don't know, in, in, in cutovers, you know, vines and briars and stuff like that start taking over pretty quick. And down at the edge there, there was some small, like, uh, sweet gum trees, you know, about as big around as your wrist that just vines and briars had taken over. And we kind of sat down behind that. It was about, I don't know, 10 or 12, 15 feet off of that. And the water was right behind us. We could see from where we came from, because it was up the wadi, and we could see along the, the, the water the other way. But right in front of us was fairly blind. Uh, we got down, we got quiet, and we just sat there for a second just because we was trying to listen to see where he was. And man, at that moment, I'd say we'd been there quiet maybe 15 seconds. And those vines and those trees right in front of us started shaking so crazy, so vigorously. And it looked like it just, it just opened up. But when it opened up, you still couldn't see anything. Still couldn't see what was chasing us or who. So, I mean, without a second of thought, we both just turned and hit the water. We we jumped in the swamp. We was about up to our knees, maybe maybe our thighs. Derek, Derek fell. He he completely submerged himself. He he went underwater, and I reached down and grabbed him because I thought whoever it was had him. I thought something had grabbed him, so I grabbed him by the by the back of the shirt coat, and I pulled him up. What had happened though? He got his foot hung in a in a fork of a branch that was underwater, and he went down. And we got in that water, and we waded out probably about forty yards, forty meters, somewhere like that. And there was a beaver house out in the middle of this uh, swamp, and there was nothing around it. It was, it was almost like a, a 30 to 40 meter buffer all the way around it where there was no bushes, just maybe a few trees. But the water, we climbed out there. We got on that beaver house and laid down. I, would, I had my rifle pointed back to where we had just come from. He was looking the other way with the shotgun, and we were sitting there with our heads close to each other so we could talk quietly. And, we're you know, we're sitting there going, and, and at this time, you could hear, Something walking along the edge back where it's it's kind of soupy ground, you know, wet ground, but not underwater because you could hear it stepping and, and it sucking the mud when it picks its foot up. And I hit the starlight scope again. I said, I said, Derek, I can't see. I can't see anybody. I can't see anything but trees and bushes and, you know, whatever else you'd think you'd see out here. He said, uh, well, who, who would it be? I said, man, I don't know. We got to think, it says, you think it's a game warden? We, I, 
You know, I don't think so at this point because right now it's only one that we know of. And if we're fixing to make our escape, you know, if they don't say halt, Game and Fish Commission or whatever, you're technically not, you know, <laughs> not breaking the law at this point until they find out what we had. And um, so we kind of ruled out the game warden at that point. And he looks at me and says, man, you think somebody's got a weed patch down here? And I'm like, in February? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's not that. <laughs> And, you know, we're, we're, we're slowly trying to, to, we're doing everything we can to make sense of it. We're, we're, we're going through methodically every logical thing we thought we could come up with. And we even went, was, you know, is there some crazy dude down here just messing with us? And uh, we kind of ruled that out. I mean, it's 20-something degrees. You know, we're soaking wet on a beaver house. And uh, there's something still pacing back and forth around the perimeter where we're at, where we went into the swamp. So we sit there, I don't know, a good while trying to figure it out. Because I told him, I says, look, we got about 30, 40 meters of crystal clear glass of water out here the moon shining off of it there's not a ripple anywhere if it comes in the water we will at least know where the target is we'll be able to see it i think we're safe right here for now so we kept you know just trying to figure it out trying to figure it out and um finally we're like you know we liable freeze to death right here if we stay i said i said well he's between us and the truck so let's do this. Obviously, he's not coming in the water. So let's walk Let's walk him around the edge of the swamp. We'll stay about 30, 40 meters in. We'll walk him around to the backside. We'll cut through the middle and come out the other side. And, you know, maybe that'll be enough distance between us and him. We can get to our truck and get out of there. He's like, all right, sounds good. At least we're moving and, you know, using some energy. So we start maneuvering around, and sure enough, the Joker is following us, keeping pace with us at the edge of the swamp all the way around. I don't know. We'd, we'd went several hundred meters around, I guess. It, it, it was a long ways. Of course, you, you pecking and picking around at night. Wasn't using a light, trying to maintain you know light discipline, noise discipline as much as we could. Um, and then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, it sounded like three different packs of coyotes started coming in. Now, if you know coyotes, one or two coyotes can sound like, you know, six or eight. They, they I don't know how they do that, but they can. But uh, I know they was coming from at least three different directions. And they all converged right in that swamp. And we kind of we kind of got back to back up against a tree in that in that swamp because I mean everything busted loose at that point. The the coyotes were howling and they were running. You could see them running in the shallow water and make, making the ripples. And we're we're looking back and forth. And you know, Derek even said, "Man, if you know whatever's after us, wasn't after us, we'd be tearing them up." Um. But then we started hearing whatever or whoever that was vocalize. And it was, it started out as grunts 
like a growly grunt, almost like a, a bear. As a matter of fact, Derek said, is that a bear? I'm like, it wasn't no bear that walked through that cutover, I can tell you that. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're still trying to make sense of it. And it's just nothing that we come up with is, is working out. And I said, uh, okay, we got to move. And we started to move. And all of a sudden, a huge splash happened, probably 20 feet from us. And Derek turned around with the shotgun and he was fixing to start blasting, I think. And I, I grabbed his shoulder and said, wait, 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 wait. That's probably just a beaver. Probably just a beaver. He's like, okay, yeah, you're probably right. In hindsight, I don't think it was because of the sound of the splash. You know, a beaver, when he splashes his tail, it just makes a pop like that. But this was the, you know, like throwing a big rock or a chunk in the in the water. Uh, so we decided just to keep on moving around while the coyotes were maybe distracting this thing too. And then all of a sudden the coyotes seemed to, to move back in that area toward where we think it is and it absolutely went crazy back there the, the coyote started howling there's a bunch of growling and this thing starts hollering and, and growling and and it it sounds like a fight now mind you we have not laid eyes on this thing yet so we still don't know what it is this was a preview of today's member episode if you want to hear the whole thing head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com hit the join button and become a member today